If you're familiar with the history of World War II, so you know that the Hungarian Jews weren't taken by the Nazis until 1944. It's a long story exactly how the history worked, but basically, until the spring of 1944, until what Eichmann, Rudolf Kastner, known as what they called the Hungarian Action, until then, until the spring of 1944, the Hungarian Jews were living in complete peace and prosperity, really, until, until the spring, until Pesach of 1944. And my grandmother, blessed memory, always used to tell me that in 1942, at the end of 1942, a Jew, a Polish Jew, arrived in Kirai Helmets. Kirai Helmets is the town where my family's from, all of my grandparents. My, my parents are first cousins, so the Braun family, both of my parents are grandchildren of Riberfall, Braun from Kirai Helmets, and across the street was Rebarch Zeltzer, who was my grandmother's father and my other grandfather. So anyway, a Jew came in 1942 from Poland, and my grandmother used to say that his name was Yisrael Zuckermandel. She even remembered the name. She was 20 at the time. <clears throat> I believe she was 22 when she got to Auschwitz. So she remembered the name that this Jew called Yisrael Zuckermandel, a Polish Jew, came to Kirai Helmets from Poland in 1942, and he came to the house of my great-grandfather, Rafael Brown, in Kirai Helmets, which at that time was in Czechoslovakia. Between the two world wars, at that time it was Czechoslovakia, which was also under Thomas Masaryk, was part of the Hungarian situation, whatever. And he came to Kira Helmets, the Sisol Tsukermandel, and he was telling everyone there, and he told my great-grandfather what the Nazis were doing to the Jews in Poland. This was 1942. Auschwitz was already running. And he came to Czechoslovakia. We're not talking overseas. Again, the communications weren't great, but he, he, he came to Czechoslovakia and he told my great-grandfather, my grandmother remembers it, remembered it, that he came and he told my great-grandfather that he witnessed that he was there when the Germans, Yemachshimam, rounded up hundreds of Jews, made them dig a huge pit, then shot them all to death and burned their bodies. And he screamed at the Jews at Kira Helmets, you got to get out of here, get out, leave. And my great-grandfather said, this guy's crazy, this Jew must be nuts. He's crazy, he's a Meshuggah. He wouldn't believe him. He wouldn't believe him. My great-grandfather wouldn't believe him. And you know why? My grandmother used to say, because he, my Alta Zayd used to say, I can't believe human beings could ever act like that to human beings. Impossible. I mean, he didn't see television. He, he wasn't obviously a history uh, major. My great-grandfather, he was a simple sh butcher and from Kira Helmets. He, was, uh, <sighs> he wasn't a fancy person. And he was a simple Jew that knew that human beings can't do that. But what do you mean? Human beings don't sh shoot people and, and burn their body. Like, he refused to believe that Goyim, non-Jews can't be that human beings will act like that to human beings. And because of that, him and many other Jews in Kerry Helmets and throughout Europe, many Jews stayed where they were. And this river Fulbright, my great-grandfather, ended up being taken to the ghettos and then on the cattle cars with his wife, my great-grandmother, Rochel Hashimikum Dama, and a lot of my other grandmother's family, they all ended up in the gas chambers and the ovens in Auschwitz. 
But they stayed there because they said, it can't be that human beings will act like that to other human beings. Unless you think that it's only uh, non-Jews that there was this rude awakening in my family. My grandmother, my Babi, she always used to tell us, I don't remember the name, my mother knows, but she always used to tell us, if she ever will get revenge from anyone for what she went through in Auschwitz, for her year in Auschwitz, she's not looking as much for revenge from the Nazis as much as she's looking from the Kapo, that woman, I don't remember her name, but she should, that woman, that Kapo, that Jewish woman that was with my grandmother in the barracks, that's what my grandmother said she, that, that she had the most animosity towards, that human beings could act like that. Jews! Jews! could act like that to other human beings. My family refused to believe that. And you know, there are scientists and sociologists will say survival of the fittest, that's the truth is, there are the, that's true. There are two different types of human beings. There are those human beings that live a life of dog-eat-dog. Each person for himself I'm the most important, my family's the most important, my religion is the most important, the branch of my religion, the block that my religion is on is most important, and everyone else I could kill and destroy and, and do anything possible, and God will sanction it. Don't forget, the greatest righteous holy people said that the worst thing is, beware those, beware those that are mean to people in God's name, no matter what they wear, if they have black hats and beards, it doesn't make a difference. When people are mean to other people in God's name, beware. Because those are those type of human beings, the dog eats dog, dog human beings. I don't care what kind of Jew they are, non-Jew. Baruch Hashem, I've, Hashem has allowed me to be in a lot of different Jewish places, organizations, different streams of Judaism, from the most right to the most left. And it doesn't make a difference whether you throw humanity, Israel, Rebbe, Torah, whatever you throw around, whatever the organization one is in, there are those human beings that live a life with a philosophy of dog eats dog, of dog eats dog. But then, but then there's what Hillel Zokain, what Hillel told that convert when the convert came with a simple request that there have been so many explanations of this episode of the Talmud, but at the most basic level, this convert who was a, apparently a simple person came to Hillel and said, teach me the whole Torah while standing on one foot. Tell me on one foot, how will I find favor in God's eyes? And Hillel responded, don't do unto others what you wouldn't want done to you. The golden rule. It's not that quote-unquote deep. Lumdis, it's not philosophy or mysticism. It's just the most golden truth that every religion that's worth being called a religion, any person that's that second type of human being that wants to have a relationship with Hashem, if one really believes in God and believes that God created other people, how could one ever purposely do something damaging to another person. I mean, again, we all, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. We insult people inadvertently. We, we, we make mistakes and, and hurt people inadvertently. We've all hurt people and hurt people. And sometimes we're ashamed that we did it in a way that we're not proud of. But to wantonly go and be mean to somebody, Hillel said the whole Torah is to not do that. And today's Tishabov, 
And there are a lot of things being said in a Tish above during a pandemic. And I, for one, I've read a couple of books in my life. I have no idea what God wants from us, really, really. I think, I think, based on what I believe from the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, that we have to be getting ready for Mashiach. And the way to do that is that every single person has to stand face to face with God. And when you do that, when Mashiach comes and you're going to stand face to face with God, one of the questions that will be asked will be, how did you treat other people? How did you treat God's children? Because other people are God's children. How did you treat them? That's the golden rule. That's what Tishabav, the Beis Hamikdash, was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam. We all know the story of Kamsu Bar Kamsa. The Talmud teaches the Beis Hamikdash, God's house, was destroyed. Why? Not because of Bittel Torah, not because of forbidden sexual relationships, not for, because of Chil Shabbos. You know why the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed? Because a Jew in front of other rabbis embarrassed another Jew and threw him out. And other rabbis sat there and didn't say anything. To be so mean to other people, that's why the second base of Megdash was destroyed. And that's what we need to be working on more than anything else. More than anything else. There are so many ways of practicing Judaism. And only a schmuck thinks that they know that there's, they're, they're, they have the one way. Because it's, it's been a long golos. And nobody's doing well now during the pandemic. There's no community today that could say that Hashem's on their side. And so in my humble opinion, I think this Tisha B'Av, during a pandemic, the base of Megdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam. The one thing we could do, especially in America today, what's going on with this, this crazy person in the White House that's bringing upon this nation such hatred that there's never been since the United States was established, and it's already going into the Frum Yidden also. And whatever your politics is, whatever your politics is, there's nothing more important than being kind to other people. That's why the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Not for any other reason, the Gemara says. Sinas chinam. Baseless hatred, hating other people, being mean and nasty to other people. But you know that Tisha B'Av is a day that we have to learn from the day. What is this day telling us? It's not just about, okay, we have to be nice to people. You know, I always, I always say that my, my dear friend, Dr. Benji Epstein, he has a book called Living in the Presence about Jewish mindfulness. And I love the way he starts his book because on one hand it's so simple and yet it's the deepest and the highest and the widest. He starts his book saying that he was one time standing by a bus stop and he sees a bus pass by with a picture of the Dalai Lama. And, the pic and next to the picture of the Dalai Lama it said, My religion is kindness. My religion is kindness. And Dr. Benji Epstein said, he was standing there and was thinking, Wait, I'm Jewish. My religion is kindness, right? Rabbi Akiva said, We all like talking about Avas Yisrael. We like talking about it, but our, is our religion kindness? It's supposed to be. On one foot, you have Rabbi Akiva and Hillel. And all the Hasidic masters. So why do we have such a hard time sometimes being kind to people? Why, so many thousands of years later? Why do people hurt each other so badly? What makes a person choose the way of dog-eats-dog, dog, of Darwinism, if maybe not theologically believing in Darwinism, but certainly acting that way? What makes a person choose that path? 
of saying that I'm, my family is more important than other human beings and I will damage and hurt other people. You know where that comes from? The day of Tisha B'Av teaches us that it comes from not knowing how to cry. Not knowing how to cry over one's own pain. Because you know, anytime somebody hurts somebody else, it's because they're in pain. As my wife always says, hurt people hurt people. Only hurt people hurt people. Only people that are in pain and don't know how to deal with their pain, sit with their pain, be with their pain, suffer their pain. Instead, they don't know how to do that, so they take it out on other people. They project it onto other people. They see other people as the other. Like the great James Baldwin said in his great speech, I am not your Negro. How some people need to see black people as the other. Some people need to see Jewish people as the other. Some people need to see not religious people as the other. It's so easy to take out your pain on somebody else and blame somebody else for your pain. It's because of you that I'm suffering. It's because of you that I'm suffering. But Tisha B'Av comes and what do we just spend hours and hours in keenness? What do we do? We owned it. We took our own responsibility for our own pain. It's because of our sins. That's the Jewish way. It's because of our sins, because of my sins. My sins. That's what we each and every one of us have to feel. That's humility. That's simple Jewish humility. It's because of my sins that the base of Migdash wasn't built. We should all be feeling that, each and every one of us in ourselves. Stop pointing fingers. Stop hating other people. Be kind to other people. The opposite. All the holy books say. That's why we have two eyes. The right eye is to look at other people with love, with unconditional acceptance, compassion, sympathetic joy and love. And the left eye, the judgmental eye, is to look at ourselves. What could we fix in ourselves, in our own life? How could I be a better person? And most importantly, how could I be more a kind person? How could I, no matter how much pain there is in the world, in a Tisha B'Av during a pandemic, no matter how much pain we're all going through, how could I not be one of those that are going to be a crazy person that's going to scream at people at Walmart or scream at people in shul or scream at people online? How could I be a Jew, a real Jew, a Jew that knows how to cry on a Tisha B'Av, that knows how to cry over our destruction and own it and not blame it on others? You know, my grandmother, my Babi Shalom, used to also say, she used to cry when she used to say that in Auschwitz, one of the scariest things she saw. At one time, there was a mother and a daughter that physically were fighting and beating each other up over a piece of bread. That's what my grandmother said. She witnessed it. The starvation in Auschwitz was... You know, by the way, it's Tisha B'Av, so I'll allow myself just to say... Uh, there's a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine that said to me a couple of years ago, am I one of those people obsessed with the Holocaust? So yes, I don't talk about it very often because I don't want to upset other people, although maybe I should because it's sad and it's scary how little people know what actually happened in the Holocaust. Research a little what actually took place in the concentration camps. They didn't just kill six million Jews. It wasn't just that. And at that time... The starvation was so bad, my grandmother said a mother and a daughter fought each other, physically were fighting and hurting each other over a piece of bread. And my grandmother cried, look what, look what pain could do to a human being. 
And I'm just saying this as a limutzchus now to finish off on a tisha b'av. Yeah, we're not in Auschwitz and we're not starving, but we're all in tremendous pain and we all have tremendous, tremendous fear and confusion and we have no leadership, not secular or Jewish. People that are in positions of power, just whether Jewish and secular, just keep making stupid statements, idiotic statements. Literally, there's no place to look. Ella el avinu Like Chazal, the sages said, We have no one to rely on except our Father in Heaven. And we have to look up to Hashem and say, Our pain is so bad, this tish above. The Jewish people, the whole world, the pain is so bad. So we might be fighting and we might be acting not right, like that mother and daughter in Auschwitz, but God mastered the universe. Our needs are so many and our das, our consciousness, our connection with God is so weak. Hashem, have mercy on us finally. Finally, bring us the base of Megdash. You, God, master the universe. Be kind to us finally and bring us, bring us finally, Mashiach.